listening to the another edition of the Just Go Bike Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Wyatt from the Iowa Bicycle Coalition. And I'm TJ Jeskowitz from Right Right. Now, this is the podcast where we talk about bicycling just for the fun of it. There's going to be tales from all over the nation. So come for the bikes, stay for the fun, and leave with a smile. Well, I'm still smiling, Mark. Still feels like summer around here. I don't know about you, but it's nice and balmy. And um, I was expecting it to be <laughs> kind of fall-like right by now. And um, the leaves are still sticking to the trees. And, you know, great, great bicycling weather. Um, I, I don't know. I just uh, It just seems like it's just a little extended summer, uh, even though the calendar says we're at the end of September. And I would I yeah. would expect it to start getting cold. Like you would have to wear maybe some arm warmers or something out out on a bike. But uh, nope, getting none of that lately over here. How about you? Uh, exactly that. It's been an adjustment coming from Colorado back here because there was no humidity there. You get back here and it's just like uh, it feels like Florida. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, not complaining I did, though. Uh, not I did not a, complaining. I'm uh, I'm not complaining. So just uh, just pointing yeah. it out. Uh, Jennifer and I went to a ribbon cutting yesterday. Coralville opened a new section of trail, uh, single track mountain biking trail, cool. um, and, and a mountain biking skills area. So they got all these kind of ramps and and uh, wavy things that you can ride over, and and uh, yeah, a whole lot of fun. Um, they also made a big announcement that they are going to do a uh, flow trail, which will be kind of west of Coralville, uh, out by there's a uh, baseball softball complex. Um, they also have a permanent cyclocross course set up out there. But um, next week they're going to assign the bids to a contractor and start digging, I think, three miles of trails. So hmm. flow trail... Uh, kind of like downhill trail where you're going to go, you're right up to the top of the hill, and then it it flows uh, down. So you don't have to pedal at oh, all once you, I, once you start the downhill. I, I thought there was like continuous like taps of bush light up there or something, and it just flowed. No, <laughs> That's what was flowing? Yeah. That yeah. is not the case? That is not a flow trail? No, okay. no. Gotcha. Uh, really, really similar. Um, if anybody's heard about Mount Trashmore in Cedar Rapids, mm-hmm, I don't sure. know if you've heard yeah, of that yeah, one. Yeah, sure. Um, so Mount Trashmore is an active um, waste area, uh, a garbage area that uh, they build a landfill. Um, and it's, it's this huge hill, and uh, now you can bike to the top of it on certain days. Um, it's, it's like some 11%, 12% grades to get to the top. And then they have all these really cool mountain bike trails coming down. Um, the interesting thing about that is since it's a landfill that's decomposing, some of those trails can actually change hmm. um, because of the decomposition of the, of the mound of trash. So, um, yeah, also every once in a while you get a whiff that you're at an active <laughs> landfill. That's no fun either. But, so a uh, tad bit different yeah, than Vale or Breckenridge where you take a gondola up to the top and then you kind of flow down. Is that kind of... Yeah, we're riding on top yeah. of trash, pretty much that has been decomposing right. for years. Okay, gotcha. Right, sounds fun. Or different than Vegas, mm. well. different than Vegas, where you could take a, a truck up to the sure. top. No, they don't. yeah, they're not doing that. You'll have to ride up to the top okay. of these. But 
Oh. It'll be good downhill runs. So it'll be interesting. Yeah. I'm glad. Uh, I'm, Coralville's very excited. I'm glad they're making such investments because it's a great place to, very, to ride. Very bikes. cool. They got it going on over there in Iowa City, Coralville. You know, they really do. I mean, our, our, our buddy Kelly Hayworth is. I'm assuming still the man over there and uh, calling the shots as mm-hmm. the city manager for, uh, I don't know, a few decades, three decades or something like that. Um, you know, mm-hmm. good good friend of ours rides Ragbri every year and um, just always thinking of, of new and innovative ideas. I know we've got, um, you know, just seeing the new arena going up right across the street from your office pretty much is just a testament to the progressive nature of that town. And, um, it's not just building things like, uh, you know, new shopping area or new hotels or new entertainment arena, but they're not forgetting the green space or the outdoor space. And obviously there's a river that runs right through that area, but, you know, to have, trails and and areas that people can go out and bike i mean that's that's really cool because a lot of times people just forget about those recreational ideas and all they care about is okay what 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 is going to add to our tax base or you know what what other concrete thing can we can we drop in and so obviously the planning of that city i mean it goes a long way and you know they we're fortunate to know folks like that that have that that cool vision and Hopefully that that spreads because you know more places in Iowa would be really cool to keep adding that that bike infrastructure uh, because there's lots of people that really do enjoy that. Yeah, exactly. We're we're sitting on 45 miles of trail over here, wow. so it's uh, it's a good uh, good place to be. Yeah, for for a town of this size, it's uh, it's got it going on. So not bad. What do you what do you what do you got going over in your part of the state? Well. I've got a stack of applications of people that want to be Ragbri towns, and uh, oh, is it that yeah, time? It is that time, and um, you know, I'm reminded because I get like a Google alert that says something about Ragbri, and I'm like, what the heck is going on? And all of a sudden, there's like, Bing, like, hey, this town is on TV saying, hey, they'd really like to host Ragbri, and you know, it's just one story after another, just. Hey, 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 we, we'd really like to host Ragbri in 2020. And I mean, it's not just one town. I mean, it's, it's several towns that, that just been pinging on the radar, just saying, Hey, you know, take a look at us. And so we're really just starting to sort through those and take a look and, and try sure. to find a, you know, a, a really nice route that would be enjoyable, it'll be safe maybe a little bit different than than years past so obviously we try to you know come up with a new route each gen every year and so that's our job right now kind of sorting through that to see okay where are we going to go in 2020 that was you know maybe a little bit different than 2019 or you know just maybe something maybe there's a new twist out there who knows but um no matter what we got to be ready because what is it january 25th i think we've got to have it ready for the route announcement party yeah well you do oh i do okay we is in yeah i don't have to do anything i just have to show up through a party you got to bring the route that's that's <laughs> is that that's, how it goes that's your that's your one job okay okay <laughs> well we we can we can work on that um because i think okay. we'd be probably booed off the stage if we went up there and said hey you know what hey great band and all that take a break guys and uh uh We're we don't ready. have the route yet so come back next week maybe that probably wouldn't fly. 
No, no, I think that would, uh, there'd be rotten tomatoes thrown up there. Yeah, yeah. It'd be ugly. That would not be good. Yeah. Yeah, so we better work on that, and uh, we'll, we'll, yeah. we'll figure that out. And then, heck, I guess we're, I don't know, how many months away are we? We got, th- we got through October, November, December, January. We got about four months to figure this thing out. That's- Boy, you don't have to tell me. I know it's coming. <laughs> so four months from now, we'll be shivering. You know, we won't be talking about how cool this extended summer is. We'll be probably, you know, iced over, right. you know, um, just just doing our expo, at, you know, one of the best expos anywhere in, in the country. Um, right, you know, mm-hmm. with the Iowa Bike Expo, we're going to have – bike summit i mean every year it seems like that weekend expands a little bit more and uh it's just again just um i think that really in my mind kicks off the bike season when we say it's the iowa bike expo rag by rat announcement party and all the other cool things that come with it all the friends come in you know, it's kind of like a little homecoming of sorts. You get to see friends you haven't seen since maybe summer, and all the teams get together, and everyone has a good time. And, man, I love that week. How about you, Mark? It, exactly. Exactly. I'm down with that. Well, very cool. So back in Des Moines for another year. I think this is about the 11th time we've done this, if I'm not mistaken. But Is it? Somewhere around there. We we um, I, I remember before that we used to do the – kind of not the announcement party we kind of had a little winter meeting if you will and we had we'd have a speaker uh-huh. um i think gary fisher spoke one year which was really cool uh uh-huh. richard schwinn and then uh i think we kind of went a little bit down from from there and we said yeah let's let's throw a party and um and here we are we were on the cusp yeah. four months away from the next rag rag rat announcement party, Iowa Bike Expo, the Iowa Bike Summit, all of those cool things that come with it. So we might as well get ready. That's that's it. Okay. Hey, uh, what do we got on what do we got on tap for today? Well, believe it or not, we dug up uh, a final Murph interview. Like, holy oh, cool. Yeah, I was like, well, you know what? I I thought I thought Murph. Um, you know, we we kind of talked about Murph last week. Um, what a great job! And yeah, she's she's done an incredible job. But you know what? I just discovered that we had an interview that Murph did with our friend Rose Willie. And oh, nice, Rose. yeah, you know Rose. Everyone knows Rose. Um, yeah. She's just a delightful person. Always a smile on her face. And I would say uh-huh. she she's one of the better bike ambassadors I I know. I don't I don't know if you can kind of bottle Rose's energy and. Um, social media savvy and always just putting a putting a good sheen on on let's get out there and bike and have a good time and um yeah yeah, we need more roses out there don't we we do (laughs) absolutely she's got one of my favorite instagrams to follow so it's going to be nice to put the sound uh with uh with the show the images that she puts on okay let's give a listen Well, hello, Just Go Bike Podcast listeners, a.k.a. Murph here, and today I'm with Rose Willie to talk adventure on the bike. Hey, Rose. 
Hey, how are you doing today? Good. Glad to have you on the show. Um, well, Rose is deep into the gravel movement. I don't know if that's really a term, but I'm calling it and seems to have a blast doing it. So I wanted to get her on the show to talk about some of her adventures. Um, she's been racing on gravel. She's been riding on gravel. She's been having fun on gravel. I don't know if she's been crashing on gravel. Maybe she'll tell us, but <laughs> let's get started. So, yeah. Ro so Rose, um, and this is my opinion only, but I think gravel riding takes a bit of practice, and I for sure think it takes some skill. So how did you make the leap to try gravel? Uh, well, funny story there. I actually had a friend who I was riding Ragbri with. Uh, she she saw, I think on Facebook, that they had posted uh, an event happening near her hometown uh, of Indianola. Um, and she said, hey, do you want to do this with me? Um, and I, and I just, I'm kind of that person that I'm that girl you can walk up to and you say, Hey, let's go ride our bikes for a hundred miles today. And I will <laughs> look at you and go, that sounds like the best idea ever. I'm totally in. What time do you want to start? Oh my gosh. Um, so she, so she, I feel like I, I knew she knew what the answer was going to be when she approached me, um, and said, tell me more. And so she said, well, actually it's a gravel um, race. And, uh, you know, she says it's about 62 miles. Um, neither one of us had gravel bikes at that point in time, but she sold me on the idea that we could just borrow some bikes from some people and we would go out and we would have a great time and this would be an adventure. And so I said, sure, sign me up. I'm, I'm totally in. Um, and we went out, uh, and I, I think I immediately posted on Facebook, uh, shortly thereafter, I said, Hey friends, I uh, need a cyclocross bike. I'm looking to borrow one for one day. I'm about five foot two. <laughs> um, can anybody help me out? And so lo and behold, uh, I, I obviously have a, a good group of cycling friends because a couple of people volunteered bikes and said, you know, this one should fit you. And, uh, yeah, it would work for riding gravel. Oh, wow. So that, that's actually how it happened. Um, and, and the funny story about that is, is I had never ridden gravel other than a random gravel crossing on the great Western trail as I'm biking down for taco Tuesday. Right. <laughs> so I never really gave it much thought other than I, I knew it was different. I knew I couldn't do it on a road bike. Um, she sold me on the idea of, of using the cyclocross bike and we would be just fine. Um, so we did, we, we just went out and we did it. Um, and I cannot say this uh, enough, but I, I, and I'll say it till I, anyone who asked me, I'll say, it. Mm -hmm. I, I had no idea. I was completely unprepared. Uh, I was clueless. <laughs> I just, <laughs> I did everything wrong. Um, and it was the most terrifying experience ever on a bicycle. Oh, no. Um, and, and I was, a, I, I considered myself a pretty, a solid rider. Mm -hmm. um, I had several rag ties under my belt. So, you know, I was like, I'm a pretty good rider, you know? Uh, no, no <laughs> clue. So, uh, you know, that long story short of that is actually I ended up, uh, I made it 32 miles before I DNF'd. Um, and a couple things happened there. It was really, really, really hot because mm -hmm. it was August. Um, so it was very hot. Uh, I nutrition. I didn't understand how to eat before and during that kind of ride. Uh, 
or water bottles. Um, and then I just, I didn't know how to ride gravel because it is different yeah, for sure. than the road. Um, I was just terrified of it. Uh, I felt like the bike was out of control all over the place and I couldn't for the life of me understand why people did this intentionally. <laughs> so, uh, that's, that's how I got started. Actually, I think it, it, I call it a hilarious disaster, um, but it was the start of something because even though I was terrified and I did everything wrong, there were moments where, um, it was just beautiful mm-hmm. on the gravel. Um, and, and I, I like to be challenged, maybe not in such a way that's so scary at first, but, <laughs> uh, and then the other thing was the hills. Uh, I've, I'm a Tom Rob veteran. I've done several of them. So I thought I knew what hills were. Um, and I, I could ride hills. Oh my gosh, gravel roads have some steep hills. <laughs> and there was something about those hills that just uh, both kind of taunted me, but at the same time, you know, challenged me. And I, I really wanted to, I really wanted to be able to ride them. Sure. So, so it's kind of like happened. any of those, you know, situations when, when you're in them, you're terrified and you're probably like, no, this is I, why am I doing this? But I bet you in the hours after you finished that ride, you were like, well, actually, there were some pretty fun parts about that. So I'm guessing at some point you talked yourself out of being terrified because now you gravel ride all the time. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, well, it took a it took a fat bike to do the trick. Actually. Ah, okay. I, later that year, I purchased a fat bike. And that's when I really started to um, enjoy gravel. That bike, I think, is really forgiving for anyone who owns one. Um, I often tell people who don't, you know, I can ride over anything with that bike. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, dirt, gravel, snow, trail, road, two-by-fours, logs. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Um, and that's the great part about a fat bike is you don't always have to worry about handling or finding a good line in the gravel. Mm-hmm. It's really forgiving. So um, I got a fat bike and I started riding gravel more. Um, and I really enjoyed the scenery and I enjoyed tackling the hills. And um, it, it, there's something that's so peaceful uh, in Iowa out on a gravel road with miles and miles of cornfields and wildflowers and farms. So uh, it's beautiful out there. It's That's definitely my favorite part about it. Awesome. Um, so, yeah. And I, I was just going to ask you, you know, what is it you like about gravel? But I think you hit that just by saying, you know, the scenery and the beauty and um, probably less traffic. I'm not sure. Um, yeah. You know, I know gravel roads, people who are used to being on gravel, gravel roads in their car probably, you know, drive a little faster. So you're, when you hear a car, at least you hear it ahead of time so you can prepare yourself. But um, one question I, a lot of people ask is like the uh, level of roads. So, you know, you've got your highways, you've got your in in city roads, but then, you know, I've seen signs that will say level B or level C and people who gravel ride get all giddy about that. <laughs> <laughs> we do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, that's, that's really interesting actually. And I had to do some, some Googling to educate myself on that when I first started yeah. really getting into gravel riding, um, which for me, strangely enough, even though I had the fat bike for a couple of years, last year was the big shift into gravel riding for me. So um, I I had to look that up. And what I found out was apparently in the 70s and 80s, um, there were a lot of liability issues. Mm. Uh, So 
so the state actually passed some laws about 1981, which allowed counties to classify their road systems into two groups relating to the maintenance standards. Oh, I see. Right. So dirt or other roads without surfacing could be classified as level B or class B roads. They obviously receive a lesser level of maintenance. Um, the roads are typically marked with signs that say low maintenance and enter at your own risk. Mm-hmm. So that was removing the liability from the state or the county if you took your car or your bike or a breakdown due to the condition of the road or an accident. Mm-hmm. Level C maintenance roads are kind of like level B, um, but they primarily serve like adjacent farming operations and there are typically very limited access. Um, they'll usually be restricted by a gate or other means. So they're actually more of a private property type. Okay. Um, so uh, I've been down a few um, and, and I've, I've gone down some, but then after understanding they're more of a private road access for, for the farmers and, and some farmers in the area, I tend to not go down them too often. Um, and I stick to mostly class B, but on occasion I found myself in a situation where I didn't know it was a level C and in order to get to the next location, I need to go down this road. Otherwise it's like a 10 mile detour. Oh. <laughs> so, okay. So yeah, I, that's, that's, but that's the different road classifications. So it's pretty interesting. Yeah. And I can see how level B would be fun because you're talking minimal traffic. Um, you're probably talking a few obstacles here and there as far as the quality of the road. And it just sounds fun. It is. Yeah. It is so much fun. Yeah. Yes. Any obstacles you face when you're out on gravel? Um, well, I think the obstacles on gravel are just the same ones that you experience on a road. So I know a lot of people ask about dogs or road hazards or mechanical issues. Mm-hmm. And I think they're just the same as a road or trail ones. Um, those are pretty normal ones. Uh, of course, going down a level BO and hitting a big rock and blowing out both your tires is probably more likely than it would happen on a road or trail. Sure. Um, so I think you just, you, you prepare tubes and um, CO2 and tire patches and levers, um, definitely my cell phone. Um, but sometimes on, on gravel rides and when you're in more remote areas, my, I don't always have great service or good coverage. Oh yeah. So, I think the most important thing um, for preparing for a ride for anybody is making sure if you're riding alone to let somebody know when you're leaving and when to expect you back. Mm-hmm. So I always like to build in touch points. Um, my sister, uh, my boyfriend, my kids, friends, um, and, and I let them know when to expect me at certain times um, and, and say, hey, you know, can you check on in on me if you don't see me or hear me hear from me by this time? Sure. Um, so that will, of course, uh, raise an alarm or send somebody looking. Um, and then I, the thing I really love uh, last year I, I invested in um, was uh, it was actually following the death of Molly Tibbetts. Um, and a lot of my friends and family were concerned as I started to venture out into gravel more mm-hmm. and more on my own and do a lot of longer rides and training um, that I was out there by myself with no way to protect myself. Mm-hmm. So I did a little bit of research and I found um, uh, pepper spray. 
Mm-hmm. that can actually attach to the top tube of my bike. So it has this nifty little Velcro, it wraps around the top tube, and then there's a Velcro that goes around the pepper spray, and it's right there my top tube. I can grab it, I can use it um, if I need it. Um, I've not needed it uh, for any any dogs or or, or unfriendly people, <laughs> um, so <Awesome>. that's been <laughs> great. But it does make me feel a little bit better to know that I have something um, out there. And then, of course, uh, those built-in touch points. So, yeah, think, yeah. Yeah. Easily accessible, too. That's what's really cool about your, your Velcro option. Which, um, so, I, and I can, uh, <laughs> I said uh, I practiced with it a couple times. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you just have to be really careful with there because make sure you're downwind. You're right. not downwind of it, <laughs> right? When you practice, like, you end up end it but yeah it's it's not it's not been it's not come out for use I'm really glad about it but it it does make me feel a little bit more prepared awesome Um, so yeah yeah. well when you're looking at um, gravel versus road you know obviously the main difference is the road surface because we're talking a flat surface versus a surface full of rocks but um, what would you say the biggest difference is you know you're when you're riding it Uh, I think it's drifting drifting Um, and I Drifting, and and that's what I call it. I'm not sure if that's what everyone calls it. Okay. Um, so I'm going to clarify that I'm still, uh, even though I'm a couple years into gravel riding, I'm still learning a lot, and I'm mm-hmm. still learning every day um, from uh, a plethora of. We have a, Iowa has a great gravel um, scene and a great group of people mm-hmm. that ride gravel who are so friendly and knowledgeable, and they're so willing to share that knowledge. Um, so I call it drifting though. Um, and so that's a natural slide that takes place on gravel oh, okay, yeah. um, where your, your wheel and the gravel just kind of flow. Um, so at first you feel it and you think, oh gosh, I'm falling or mm-hmm. I'm going to wipe out. Mm-hmm. Right. Or the back tire is going out from underneath you. And if you were riding on the road, that's the feeling that happens before that happens. <laughs> right. <you know? laughs> but so it is, it's very unnerving for sure. Um, especially if you have your tires overinflated. Yep. So that's a huge difference. Um, in road riding, of course, you learn to inflate your tires all the way to get good rolling resistance and speed and handling. Well, in gravel, you deflate them. So a softer, squishier tire grabs a gravel surface and it just repels you along. And that's my so, my biggest mistake when I uh, did a little bit of gravel riding is I had my tires all pumped up, ready to go. And then as you ride, the rocks like shoot out. And yes. I definitely know what <laughs> drifting, you know, what you're talking about with drifting, because the whole time I was white knuckling like, I'm going down, I'm going down and then mm-hmm. finally, you know, like you said, when you're part of a good gravel group, somebody will be like, whoa, 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 let's take some air out of your tires. And then, yeah. and then you know, you're like, oh, this is not that bad. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so that was that was my first big oh, lesson. Yeah. Right. I wish I had known that on that very first bike ride with with my friends. And we just I, I can I, I I don't know how much it would have. Well, I think it would have changed a lot. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was the reason why I was bouncing all over the place and I was drifting like crazy and I was white knuckling. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and I'm pretty sure I'm not sure if this the ride you're talking about was 24 hours of coming, but I know that you've yes. done that, right? I have. And it was the 24 hours of coming. OK, so tell yes. us about that event. Well, okay, so um, that was my first, and I think that was, I want to say that was maybe like the second or third time uh, Steve Cannon had put on the event, Mm -hmm. 
Um, so I don't know if, if your listeners are familiar with Steve Cannon. Um, if not, I, I certainly hope to become familiar with him. Yeah, look he him up. Is, he is amazing. We, we, oh, he is. We have done a couple of Just Go Bike interviews with him after he did his Alaska trip. So it's he's a very inspiring man. He is so much so. As a matter of fact, I can I can tell you um, right now that Steve Cannon is the reason why I ride so much gravel. Oh, wow. Yes. And so um, he's so inspirational. And I think it's it's funny how um, a lot of, of what I do today kind of circles back to having bumped into him at different places and different points in time. And, I, and I've been lucky enough to go on some bike rides with him and, and share that experience with him. But so, yeah, that was my the first time I rode gravel with my friend uh, Mia. She it was a 24 hours of coming. I think it was this, maybe the second or third time he had, he had put that event on. Um, and for, for those of you that have never experienced it, it takes place in coming Iowa, um, at the coming tap, uh, you can, you have, there's several distance options. There's a 100 K a 200 K and a 400 K option. Whoa. Yeah. 400 <laughs> K. There are people that ride that intentionally. Oh my God. Uh, yes. And you can do that, the 100K and the 200K as a solo. You can also do the 400K as a solo rider, um, but they also have then a 400K relay ride. So you can do that as a team. Okay. So each of you does 100K. Uh, what's really unique about it is that the venue um, and the roads, the gravel in that area, allow for uh, you each, there's these four loops. And so it allows for each loop to start and stop at the tap. Oh, okay. So what's wonderful is if you're a hundred K person, um, you could be going out for your ride and there could be 200 K people coming in or a hundred, 400 K people coming in. So you're passing riders going in and out mm-hmm. throughout the entire event. And you don't really know, you know, what, what the distance are on, but you're cheering for each other. Mm-hmm. And that is awesome. And it's probably a nonstop party going on at the coming tap, especially if it's, it is. It, you know, yes. if you're calling it 24 hours of coming, I'm assuming that the bicycle riding happens for 24 hours continuously. 24 hours. Woo. Yeah. Wow. For the 400K folks, you have 24 hours to get it done. Oh, my God. Um, this year, they started the 400K Friday night at 9 p.m. So at some point you are definitely riding through the night. Right. Um, lights are important. And then the next morning on Saturday morning about 7 a.m., they started the 100K and 200K riders. So what's super unique about this is that you have different um, riders at different distances all finishing mm. within a couple of hours period of one another. And so the environment is, um, it's just amazing because you, they're all there cheering for each other. Um, there's, they put on a great party. Um, there's bands playing, Mm, uh, there's, there's different vendors on site uh, for bike stuff or bike gear. Of course, the coming tap is right off the great Western trail. So even if you're not a gravel rider, it's so much fun to just bike down and spectate Mm -hmm. um, and cheer and enjoy the atmosphere. So 24 hours of coming is by far my favorite events on gravel. And and that's really where it all started. Wow. 
So yeah, this year I was excited because it was my third 24 hours of coming and I use it kind of as a touch point mm-hmm. um, now at this point uh, in my, my gravel journey. So I was, it was wonderful. Can't say enough about it. Um, Steve puts on a great event, uh, Bob at the coming tap, great host, great location. So awesome. if you have a chance to experience, definitely get down there. Awesome. And then another one I saw that you participated in was gravel worlds. Is that true? Yes, Gravel Worlds. Okay, I want to hear about that one. Gravel Worlds is in Nebraska. Um, I, I don't know. I know it's been around for quite some time. I believe this was the 10-year anniversary of the event. Um, in this was my first experience traveling out of state and doing a, a non-Iowa uh, event, mm. um, which sounds I mean, I've been writing for eight years, but I've actually, we're so blessed in Iowa. There's so many events and things that happen here that uh, I've just been very satisfied and, and got to do so much here. So this is my first out-of-state experience. Um, it happened uh, about two weeks after the 24 hours of coming. Oh, so wow. got my 100K in, um, and I was actually registered for the 75-mile uh, event, which they call the Privateer. Um, takes place... Um, at a little venue called Schilling Bridge, and oh gosh, I apologize. The name of the town is is now escaping me, but it's it's a, a great little venue. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Pirate Cycling League puts it on, so you can check them out online. Um, just Google Gravel Worlds, and uh, it will definitely come up for you. They offer three distances, so it was a 50k, uh, a 75 mile, or a 150 mile. Uh, I opted for 75. Yeah. <laughs> so I thought. That was, that's a great step uh, up from, from uh, 100K, which is um, 62 miles. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I went with my friend Deanne, um, who is another great uh, woman, um, outstanding gravel cyclist and just all-around cyclist. But uh, she also uh, is suffers from that ability or, I guess, is blessed with the ability that you can look at her and say, hey, let's go for a 100-mile bike ride and she'll <laughs> as well say, oh, I'm totally in. Let's go. Yeah, that's a great friend to have. <laughs> it is. So we went, um, we both signed up for the same race. We do ride at different speeds. Um, Deanne is super fast. And I like to tell, I like to say I am above average athletic. Mm-hmm. So for me, I'm more of a medium pace. <laughs> so, but we, we enjoyed uh, going out together and having experience together. Um, again, a, a wonderful event. Um, they have a great, great packet. They have the best swag. I'm Ooh. sorry, Steve. I know I love, <laughs> I love the 24 hours of coming. I love all my gear and the stuff I've gotten there, but, uh, they gave you a spork and a coffee mug. Ooh, nice. And this, yeah. And so you're, you're thinking, okay, wait, Rose, a spork, <laughs> but this spork was unique because it had a knife serrated cutting edge on Ooh, the fork side as well. Nice. So, so it's it actually totally a, went my bike back. It's actually a spork with a knife. So it's probably a s- s- spife, spife. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what you call it. There's a great debate. I, I don't know, but it is pretty cool. Um, I, and it's actually gone to my bike bag and I can't wait to use it like on a bike camping or something. Oh, that's uh, awesome. It, it, yeah. I, I've, I've taken it to, to work a couple of times to eat my lunch with. So <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's by far been the actual uh, swag I've gotten the most use out of so far this year. Oh, awesome. um, so yeah, that was a great experience. Um, I, I would say if you're, uh, if you're in the Iowa area and you want to travel a little bit, uh, head over to Nebraska, check out gravel worlds. 
um, well-run, mm-hmm. um, wonderful event. Uh, I think that the thing that stood out to me the most was they made every rider feel like you were just a rock star. Oh, awesome. So, for example, you started and you finished uh, at Schilling Bridge, which is a restaurant and brewery. Um, and they have this wonderful porch that overlooks the start finish line. And so as you were going out or coming in, uh, there were people out all of the time. It kind of, again, like that 24 hours of coming, but they're cheering for you as you come in. Um, they do a great job. They, as I cross the finish line, they, they announce your name and your hometown oh, great. Um, and everybody there's cheering for you. <laughs> they, they handed you a, an ice cold washcloth at the end of the, the, finish line shoot and a bottle of water and Mm. I thought okay did I just win the lottery because this is great (laughs) Uh, but it kept getting better like uh you went around the corner and they had a bike washing station Um, so so you know if you've ridden gravel like your bike gets dirty a lot I feel like I've never washed a bike so much in my entire life until I started riding gravel (laughs) and and so they had the bike washing station not only it wasn't about me washing my white bike they washed it for me. They literally took my bike out of my hands, scrubbed it down, sprayed it all off for me, gave it back shiny and clean. I was like, this is great. That is so, a sweet add-on, yeah. It is, it is. I was like, I, I don't know who thought of this, but winning. You guys are winning today. <laughs> um, I think what I loved the most about that event was, uh, like I said, it was a step up from the 24 hours of coming for me distance-wise. Um, and it, it was a, it was a proving ground for me, um, because I, you know, I'm a 42 year old mom from Iowa, mm-hmm. um, and, and I just love to ride my bike and I love to challenge myself. So to put myself in a situation like that, uh, was completely out of, uh, the ordinary, but what happened in that situation and what I learned about myself and what I learned about, um, biking and, and, and my biking ability um, and to have that adventure was uh, truly, I think it was life-changing. I, I'm going to have to say uh, definitely life-changing. That's awesome. Um, and, and I hope that, you know, when people see me doing these kinds of things, they're encouraged to go out and try more or do more, get out, outside of their comfort zone. Um, as Steve likes to say, and, and I borrow it all the time to expand their possible. Um, so I just, I like to think that when I share what I'm doing on gravel um, and these adventures, it's encouraging or inspiring somebody else in some small way. Awesome. I love that. Well, and you know, uh, every bike ride is an adventure. We all know that. Yes. Um, uh, yes. Any crazy stories while out on the bike? Oh, crazy stories. Um, okay. So I think the craziest story, well, I've got two, okay. <laughs> actually, maybe. Um, first of all, I have tons of crazy fun adventures in Ragbri, for which I'm yes. always grateful. Yes. And um, those are my favorite ones. Um, but the craziest thing I have done was the Spotted Horse 150 uh, last year. Um, that's actually the reason why I started riding gravel more. Um. Just a little backstory on that, uh, circle back to Steve Cannon. I did get the chance to go to his, one of his expand your possible um, motivational talks. And he was giving it just after he had finished writing the Iditarod 350. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I don't remember much, but the highlights of it being 
Um, I had to figure out how many peanut butter cups he ate in 350 miles of biking. And that was important <laughs> to me because I love peanut butter cups. I think it was somewhere near like three or 400 peanut butter cups oh my God. to eat. Yeah. And then uh, the other thing I, of course, distinctly remember is he challenges you to expand your possible and that there's um, something that's different for everybody. And how you know what that thing is, is it is both thrilling and terrifying for you at the mm-hmm. same time. So he had you sit for a minute and just kind of let your thoughts resonate, let that bubble up in your head. And he, uh, he said, you know, just write down the first thing that comes to mind and that it's if it's equal parts thrilling and equal parts terrifying, that may be the one thing to expand your possible. Um, and what popped into my head for me was the Spotted Horse 150. It's at that point in time was just crazy because I had never ridden that kind of distance. It's 150 miles um, and it's 150 miles of gravel. Wow. So <laughs> it's very challenging. Um, and I've never ridden more than maybe some century rides. Um, and so I didn't own a gravel bike. I had my fat bike, but I don't, that definitely wasn't the tool to get it done. So that's actually why I really dove into gravel head first last year. Um, was because uh, Steve challenged me to expand my possible mm-hmm. and Spotted Horse 150 popped into my head. Um, and so I found myself last year uh, registering for this race without a bike to ride it, um, <laughs> not really knowing how to actually ride gravel, even though I, I had a fat bike. Mm-hmm. Again, when you anything, any way you want. Uh, so I found myself registering and for this crazy adventure and, uh, I bought, I bought a gravel bike and I taught myself how to ride gravel. That's a tire deflating. Um, so then you fast forward to October of last year and, um, it is 6am in the morning, pouring rain. Um, I am lined up at the start line of the spotted horse 150. Um, and I'm looking around me and, um, there are some. Uh, outstanding athletic people uh, in this race. Um, some some Ram riders, some Ram finishers. Mm. Uh, I think Scott Sumter of Bike Iowa, who I feel like is pretty renowned for his biking mm-hmm. skills. Definitely. Steve Steve Cannon uh, was lined up at the start line. Um, a lot of talented women. And Heather Poskovich, she just recently finished the Hoodoo 500. Uh, and she first place women I think and she got first place overall so they're all lined up and 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 for me that was crazy that I was uh I was on the start line with with those people mm-hmm. at six o'clock in the morning and the pouring rain um and I found myself uh you know 88 miles later uh with my bike hooked onto a strap slung over my shoulder oh my wading through <laughs> wading through the rain cold and mud um <sighs> uh, and just really kind of having a, a fun conversation with myself about why the heck do I do these things? <laughs> and uh, I, yeah, like why, what is happening here? And so for me, that was a, that was a pretty crazy adventure. Um, and, but even in that moment where I knew it was crazy and I knew it was hard, I felt like it, it was a once in a lifetime experience I was never going to forget. Sure. So, you know, what else, what else could I do? Right. <laughs> so I, I was going to do it. And that's, that's pretty much what happens. Um, 
you know, I had so much crazy fun with it. I actually signed up to do it again this year. Oh my gosh. I was just going to ask you, are you going to do it a second time? (laughs) I am. I am. Um, I didn't get to finish the first time. Actually, I came off at mile 88 at checkpoint two with a little bit of hypothermia. Oh, yeah. Um, so, you know, the, the weather just got the better of me. And, and honestly, I didn't have the right gear for, for it to rain on me all day and be in the 30s and cold. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, yeah, I signed up again. And that's what keeps me motivated right now. I'm, I'm deep into training for the 150. It's coming up in October, October 5th. Wow. Uh, so if there's any other gravel enthusiasts out there looking for a fun challenge, uh, check it out. Awesome. Um, I hope to see you at the start line. Uh, it was a crazy adventure. And I'm really looking forward to whatever adventure the starting line brings this year oh, as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, that uh, brings me to the next question. Like, you know, what advice would you give somebody who is considering, you know, maybe they have a friend that's like, hey, you want to do this race, you know, for the first time? Like, what advice would you give them? I would say, um, go for it. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Go all in. Just go for it. Um, you don't own the bike. I win. <laughs> right. You don't have the tools. You'll get them. Right. Um, you don't know what to do. Ask the questions because the cycling community is the most friendly community there is. Um, and you will get the help and you will get the encouragement and support that you need. Um, but beyond all of that, I would say the biggest tip I would, I would give anybody is deflate your tires. Just keep letting that air out until yeah. you find what grabs and what works for good for you. That's that's like the biggest thing is deflate your tires, right? That's yeah, that's very important. I know that firsthand <laughs> because I did not know to do that. So <laughs> yes, yes. Hey, um, I mean, yeah. One note, um, you know, I've uh, seen we're Facebook friends. Um, and so I've seen lots of pictures of you and you're always wearing, well, you're always wearing pink, which I noticed because all of my bikes are pink. So I'm a big fan of pink <laughs> and of cycling, but, um, it is a brand Velarosa, or is it a team? You know, it's both. Okay. Actually. Let's hear about it's it. It's both. Yeah. So, um, uh, I'm very lucky, uh, when I started cycling, uh, and I was looking around for more women to cycle with, uh, I found Velarosa. Uh, so Vela Rosa is a women's cycling club. It's based in central Iowa in the Des Moines area. Um, we welcome women of all ages who have an interest in two-wheel athletics to join us as we learn, we grow, and we have fun together. Nice. Um, all riding styles. Vela Rosa has casual group rides, bike packing, like race, bike racing, and time trials. And we have gravel riders and triathletes and mountain biking. And um, or even if you just want a fun group of women to ride with and eat pizza, you know, stop for a few craft beers and, and talk about bikes or kids or whatever. Um, I jokingly dubbed us the Pink Posse, like you said, <laughs> because our team colors are pink and black. Yeah. So you can always you can always spot Vela Rosa girls. Uh, out on the trail um, by signature pink and black. Um, so, so we have the the group, um, of course, uh, and then Velarosa is actually a brand that grew out of um, the group. Um, so, uh, you know, very blessed to to be a part of or um, have the opportunity to uh, work with Kim um, and the Velarosa brand um, as a brand ambassador this year. Uh, and so I, I'm always sporting Velarosa apparel. 
Um, and it's an easy, it's easy to do uh, simply because I really love all of their gear. Um, and, and it's just so comfortable and it's so cute <laughs> and <Yeah>. it's pink <laughs> and they have so many fun designs. I can't say enough um, about, about both the club and the brand. So it just was an easy fit. Um, and, and I'm one of those people that if I don't love it, I'm not going to wear it. I'm not going to buy it. Sure. Um, and I'm not going to be a part of it. So I, I love everything about Villarosa for sure. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks for asking. Yeah. yeah. And it sounds like, you know, if there are women in the central, uh, area of Iowa that maybe they could check into Villarosa cycling and I don't know, maybe they could join or at least, uh, be part of some of the events that you guys put on. Absolutely. Um, they can visit VillarosaCyclingTeam.com. Mm. We have a Facebook page as well. So all the information about how to join um, our GERT rides, events, and meetings are all posted there. Um, just super inclusive, inclusive, fun group of women. So if you're in the central Iowa or Des Moines area, you love riding your bike, please check us out. Come join the fun. Awesome. All right. So what's up next? Um, well, great. I'm so glad you asked. Well, yeah. spot a horse, take two. Take two. Uh, take two. Yes, yes. Uh, the big ride for the finish line. So finishing that 150 miles of gravel. Um, of course, more continued gravel riding. And then I think over the winter for me, it's going to be a focus on um, bike jewelry. Bike uh, jewelry. Little, yeah, oh, a little cool. hobby um, that uh, started last year. Um, and it's just taking... Um, old bike parks and recycling them and upcycling them um, into custom pieces of bike chain jewelry. Oh, fun. So yeah, um, it's been working on that uh, in between training rides and, and all my gravel adventures. Um, so looking forward to uh, working on that and debuting more in the future from, from Rylu Bike and BU. So is that something people can purchase? Yes, absolutely. Gosh, um, you can visit the shop online. It's www.bikeandbu.com. Um, and we also accept donations of uh, old bike parts, um, and we can upcycle them into home decor and jewelry for you. How cool. That is awesome. And you heard it here, the websites. So you can go check it out online. Well, Rose, thank you so much for being on the podcast. You were very inspiring. I enjoyed every minute of it, and hopefully uh, our listeners were entertained. Yes, thank you so much, Murph. This has been a great experience. I hope everybody uh, just learns to love gravel and embrace it uh, the way I have. Awesome. Well, listeners, I leave you with this quote from the unwritten book of Murphology. This quote comes from Jim Rohn. If you don't design your own life plan, chances are you'll fall into someone else's plan. Think about it. Okay, we've come to yet again the end of another Just Go Bike podcast. Holy smokes, we're just clicking these off. And here we are in late September. Having a good time doing it, you know, still on the bike and enjoying life. And just like we just heard from 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 Rose and AKA Murph talking about biking. I mean, my gosh, that's a lot of fun to be talking about biking. And we get to do that for a living, Mark. I mean, yeah. isn't that cool? Yeah, absolutely. Um, this is uh, 
is the time where we get to live it. I mean, there's all kinds of great bicycling that's happening all across the state, and, and we get to sample a little bit of every of it, every bit of it. So that's that's pretty cool. Yeah, it it is, and I'm, I'm you know just going out and getting some riding in, and you know it's kind of kind of neat. You pull up to a place and you just sit there and chat with with people that might have a rag bride jersey on or just, you know, just anyone that's, you know, just kind of, you know, cruising along there and, you know, pulling for a little pit stop. And mm-hmm. it's just kind of nice to kind of have a nice little sounding board. And, uh, you know, some people will be like, hey, aren't you, uh, hey, let me tell you about my rag bride. And it's, um, or, hey, I got a great idea for you. Sure. Um, th- those are always, those are always, always good. And, um, you know, some, some are, are two beer ideas, you know, if you know what that means that right. they're a little bit longer than, uh, uh, than others, but, um, Hey, you know what, we're always open to good suggestions. And so bring them on. Um, don't be afraid to talk to me, talk to Mark, talk to AP, sure. talk to any of us. If you got an idea for this podcast, you got an idea for something about cool biking in our state We're we're all ears doesn't mean we're going to do them. But we're all ears. Yeah. All right. And who's this podcast brought to us by, Mark? Just just so we can, you know, let people know who's been great supporters of this podcast. Think Iowa City and its curious surrounding communities. You might have come here to visit for Jingle Cross, but come and visit. You know, Coralville's got 45 miles of trail that you can enjoy and a whole bunch of single track that just opened with the skills area. So come out to Think Iowa City and those curious surrounding communities. Bikes to you. One of the best bike shop, uh, one of the best bike charters on Ragbri. Uh, you can find them over in Grinnell, Iowa. Uh, looking for anything bikes, go to Bikes to You. Finally, Primal Wear, custom bike jerseys, shorts, apparel. If you're looking for your team, now is the time to start your artwork, get your orders in. Uh, Primalwear.com. Yeah, very cool. Thank you to those sponsors as well. I'm gonna I'm gonna go down this road, Mark, because um, you know this last week was the Iowa Iowa State game, and um, you know you, you know Iowa you know pulled that one off, and a go great Hawks. great little game that took took nine hours. But uh, yeah, right. I don't know if you noticed the the sign that was put up during you know the pregame at, at game day yeah. talking about yeah I need my bush light replenished, and um, I don't know about you, but I think the the young man that that put the sign up somehow pulled in about seventy thousand dollars and wow. is donating it to the the children's charity, which I think is an awesome, just an awesome move by by an Iowa State fan. Um, my question to you is: If our friend Pumpkin had seventy thousand dollars worth of bush light coming to him, do you think he'd <laughs> donate that, or do you think he'd rethink that? Uh, he drinks two at a time, so maybe only half of it half of it so yeah that's um <laughs> it's just a feel-good story to, to hear that one and um you know i i had people from all over the country texting uh you know just saying hey that's that's a really good story and i don't think they really understood the significance of someone from iowa state that's actually you know um sending those funds over to one of the neatest things in college football the right. University of Iowa wave at the Children's Hospital, yeah. and um, but well, man, what a what a cool little story that that just came out of you know a, a football game with a lot more wrapped around it, and um, I kind of think that's what you know Ragbri is kind of a it's a bike ride, but there's there's all those inner neat stories about goodwill and all that. So right. you know what that stuff happens all the time in Iowa, and uh, I'm I'm proud to live in this state. You know, seeing things like that. Um, 
where there's a lot of you know bad stories out there too. But to hear a story like that, and then I heard that Bush and um, I think Venmo were going to match those things. So right. that's that's about 200k or so right. going over to the Children's Hospital. So man, that's a what that just just gives me chills to yeah. to think about uh, a really cool story like that. Warms your heart. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, yeah. So so you know what? Next time I'm out on a bike ride, I think I might toast toast that that, that young man and his accomplishments with a frosty cold bush light there just for that. There we go. Yeah. Cool. So here's to it. Thanks again for listening. Let us know what you think of the show by leaving a rating and a review. They really help us out a lot and help others find the show. For more information, check out justgobike.net. The show's theme song was written, produced, and performed by Ryan Steer.